0: Out my window, and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman, and neither are you.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Soto Mojo Podcast. It's been a while since we have talked. Uh, my name is Colby Fatnote and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Um, Ty, how you uh, how you feeling today?
0: Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. I, I wish the Raptors would have won on Monday, but uh, but other than that, you know, doing doing pretty solid here. What about you?
1: I'm um, doing okay, you know, uh, minus the technology problems we just spent 20 minutes trying to fix. Um, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that'll finally be, uh, finally be ready to go next week. But um, based on the current luck I'm having, probably not. Um, but we'll see. Um, anyways, guys, like I said, it's been a while since we talked. I think the last time we talked it was uh, in the middle of day two of the Major League Baseball draft. Um, so we have a lot to talk about. We have uh, we have quite a few injuries we need to discuss. We have the rest of the major league baseball draft to talk about, um, or at least some of it to talk about. We also have this weird rumor that Mike Leak was almost traded to Arizona, but then not really. Um, but then possibly it's a really weird story. We'll talk about that. Um, but before we and we uh, we also have a, a bunch of your guys' questions and we'll get to all those, but before we do that, um, this, uh, this Mariners team, the last week or so, playing some pretty good baseball. Uh, the win-loss record, not indicative, but they've played some pretty good games against some pretty good teams. So, um, Ty, I guess, you know, just overall, baseball the last week's been a little bit better
0: than it has in the previous six, right? Yeah, they've been a bit more watchable, right? Um, yeah. Especially the Astros series. I mean, you know, you, you go into that series and think, man, that's... Uh... That's gonna be horrible uh and it was yeah. actually not too bad um you know they only took the one game, but uh <laughs> they beat the crap out of them in that one game so
1: <laughs> right you know plus they uh they easily could have they easily could have walked away with three wins uh, you know they were up by one with what nine outs to go, and yep. uh they, they ended up losing by six because of course um yep. uh the extra inning affair where they had plenty of opportunities. Um, Just couldn't get the big hit, Um, so that was unfortunate, and then, yeah, they pounded them, but, uh, yeah, all the games were competitive. They were all close. Um, Then they go on the road, and they take two of three from a mediocre Angels team, Uh, but they do win the series there, and then even last night, you know, they go into the bottom of the eighth inning up by two runs, Um, (coughs) and, you know, unfortunately, Brandon Brennan and Austin Adams, who have been two of your better relievers, um, they can't get it done. And uh, you know, even in the ninth you have a chance to win it there. You get Incarnacion up with nobody nobody out two guys on, and he gets a bogus strike three call. Um, and then Vogel back and uh, Seeger just couldn't come through there for you. So um but yeah, overall it's pretty good uh pretty good week in terms of watchability at least. Um I mean. and you know, a three and five record in the last eight games may not seem like a that may not seem that good. Um, but it's a lot better than, you know, three right. of 10. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they're, I think they're kind of starting to swing in the other direction, um, more towards the team we thought we would see. Um, right. and, uh, you know, and with that, they're, they're also doing that, or they also did some of the, most of that without a couple of their, uh, really key players or a couple of really interesting players, um, so let's talk about the injuries that have uh, been piling up. I guess uh, would be the right word for that. Um, yeah. Let's start. Let's start with uh, Braden Bishop, who um, mysteriously left. What was it? Friday's game, um, Thursday's game. Um, finally, in the starting lineup, and then he mysteriously leaves in the fifth. Uh, we come to find out later, um, he was dealing with a lacerated spleen. That. Yeah. That did damage a few days earlier when he was hit with a ninety eight mile an hour fastball. So yeah. the fact that Bishop was able to stand for two or three days, um with a lacerated spleen is uh is pretty significant, but uh I mean that's a brutal injury, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean God, what a you know the that's uh full credit goes to, to Braden Bishop's toughness there that to, uh, you know, like you said, just to be able to stand for, you know, three or so days, let alone play an actual baseball game afterwards. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a tough guy right there. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, he, he's able to get better and, and be able to return this year and, uh, and at least show us a little bit of, of uh, what he can do, but, uh, but right now, man, you know, just uh, prayers up to him and, and um, you know, hoping for a speedy recovery there. Yeah, it's, he's
1: kind of been a really bad luck. Last year his season was cut short because he got hit by pitching in, in the wrist. He broke a bone there so he had to miss the entire season. Now this year he gets hit by a pitch right after they trade Jay Bruce and all of a sudden they have this playing time to finally give him, or at least that they're finally willing to give him, and what do you know, before the day before he gets called up he gets hit by a ninety eight mile an hour fastball mm-hmm. and a few days later he's in the hospital. So um just not been a great uh, a great stretch injury wise for Braden Bishop. But um, you know, he's a tough guy physically and mentally. So uh, I, I'm assuming he'll bounce back from this pretty well. Um still no timetable on him yet. Um he like said I'm not I'm not a doctor. Shocking, I know. Uh, but I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you how long the recovery is going to be on something like that. Um, but just, man, just so painful. And that's, a, I know it's a serious surgery that he had to go through. Um, and so hopefully we see him again uh, relatively soon. Uh, and hopefully this time he actually gets to play. So,
0: yeah,
1: we'll see how that goes. Um, and then. <laughs> The injury that we unfortunately need to at least, uh, put out there, uh, Mitch Haniger to the IL with a ruptured testicle. Um, Uh, you say that without cringing, like, uh, yeah, I just, I, uh, yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to touch this one for too long. That's, uh, uh, you know, just get better, Mitch. I, I, I feel you. I, I 100% feel you. <laughs> like, that just sucks.
1: He stayed in the game, too, man. Yeah. I think it happened in, like, the third inning, and he didn't get taken out until, like, the seventh. I mean, Jeez louise, man. Uh, that's, yeah. I, I mean,
0: you know, that's probably game. That's probably the shock of it. The shock of it all kept him in for, like, four innings. And then right, the Adrian shock wore off. Yeah,
1: He's like, oh, my God, this is killing me. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Adrian Beltre had the same injury. Like, he got hit by, a line, like, a ground ball, and he doesn't wear a cup at third base. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he suffered the exact same injury uh, cool. a while back. Um, again, timeline's a little foggy. It's going to be at least another week before they even consider uh, baseball activity with him. Um, so, I mean, I think if you get him back by July one, uh, it's probably pretty, uh, you're probably pretty fortunate and, uh, you know, hopefully this doesn't have any long-term effect on, uh, on if, you know, if he wants to start a family or anything like that, again, I, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. So, um, but yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> ow. Um, yeah, but, uh, I guess good news on the injury front. Is the Mariners are getting a few guys back and they may be, uh, you know, they may be turning the corner health wise as well. Um, Yesterday we saw D. Gordon make his first uh, appearance in what, 19 games, I think it was, uh, back from the wrist injury. So that's nice to have. Um, And also uh, J.P. Crawford is set to rejoin the Mariners on Friday, I think is the plan
0: um that's awesome man because you know when that injury happened that i thought maybe okay. he was done for the year You know, i thought that was a kid an achilles injury or something but uh you know just to to get out of that would just sprain and and to be able to get him back by friday is going to be uh, uh to me uh you know seeing that injury that's kind of nothing short of a miracle he yeah, dodged a bit of a
1: bullet there um but Ty, did you know that JP Crawford only hit like two fifteen in Philadelphia and two hundred fifty at bats? So he's pretty much worthless. I mean, yeah, So there's I've no heard. reason to be excited for him. We get, yeah. to, we just should just keep watching Dylan Moore. I mean,
0: that's yeah, yeah, that seems... yeah Philly fans will uh, will love to let you know that that they uh, that they fleeced you in that trade. So uh, you know, which hey, you know the. the Segura's having a great effect on, on their their team's success right now. But uh you know, once he gets a bruised shen, we'll see uh we'll we'll see if they still like him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, besides all that, um uh, uh, maybe Philadelphia thinks they won their portion of the trade, but at the end of the day, uh JP Crawford and uh Isaiah Campbell uh is actually a pretty decent return for uh for uh, Segura, and then you throw on top of that what you've gotten from Encarnacion and what you're going to get for him. Um, at the end of the day, the Mariners are probably going to end up doing about what we would have expected them to do for <laughs> uh, It just took longer to get there is the only difference. Um, so, yeah, uh, those two guys close to coming back. Uh, or Gordon is back. Uh, Cropper could be back soon. Um, and I guess the interesting question here is, is that how do the Mariners negotiate this little um, this little depth problem that they have in middle infield? They have more Beckham, uh, Shed Long, who's really been hitting, really been swinging the bat well, and uh, D Gordon now, um, and on Friday J P Crawford. So I guess you know, what's the solution
0: here? Are they going to send Shed down, or what? What do you think? Uh, I would hope they don't send Shed down because I really like what I've seen from him. And I, w- and I would hope that they're you know, making progress on a potential D trade at some point over the next few weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like if it comes down to it where, where you're not going to be able to play Shed um, consistently, uh, you, you need to send him down so you can play a bit more down in Tacoma. But, man, I've really enjoyed watching Shad. Uh, play uh, at the major league level so far, and I, I'm really impressed with him. And uh, that would that would suck to to not be able to see that for for a few weeks. But um, but you know whatever whatever works out best for for his development and uh, getting him the most playing time. And if that's if that's in Tacoma, then that's how it needs to be. Yeah, it's
1: unfortunate. Um, like we said, Shed's been swinging a pretty good bat as of late. Uh, I guess, like I said, the other options are you Dylan Moore does have one option left. You can send him down. Um, any of you have Tim Beckham and D Gordon, uh, you have shortstop covered. Uh, but again, the issue with that is where do you find Shedlong playing time? Um, huh. because you don't want to vocal back him, uh, for lack of a better word, lack of a better phrase. Although I do think that fits, I think we should make that like that should be like an adjective. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, they're bogle backing him. Ah, oh, that sucks, man.
0: Um, but yeah, well, uh, they gotta they they need to figure out what they're doing here with the outfield situation. They really only have three true outfielders right now. Um, right. is it going to be Ian Miller or are they going to look at shed to play more out in the outfield? You know, there's been all this talk about him taking fly balls out left field and all this stuff. So is he going to get an opportunity there? And perhaps while Mitch is out, are they going to tra- uh, transfer him over to, to left field, you know, more, uh, often than not, um, you know, when, when JP comes back, you know, and, He's not going to have an opportunity to play in the infield. Is he going to be a? Uh, is he going to find playing time in the outfield? And if not, you know, if that's not the case, then you need to send him down to Tacoma. But still, you got to figure out this outfield situation. Um, yeah, because you really, you really need a, a fourth outfielder right now, and Mac Williamson starting games for you isn't really ideal. Um, so you know, give give Ian Miller a chance if you're not going to let Sh- uh, Shed Long play out there. Right.
1: Um, there was a report that uh the Mariners are going to let Shed play uh one game in the outfield. Um which they really uh they really need a uh man alive do they they need a they need better outfielders. Um <laughs> yeah it, yeah a Shed maybe he ends up being an okay left fielder but he's not right now um and they, but they do, they just need to find a way to get shed in the lineup. Uh, he hasn't played since June 8th. Um, so, you know, we're looking at uh, three consecutive days off. Uh, one of those was an off day, but still, that's a while to be out in the lineup um, for a young player. Um, and really, he's been, like I said, since he's been recalled, he's hitting 269, 356, 385. Um, and that includes one game where he went zero for seven. Um, so, I mean, you take, and by the way, the, he was in the lineup two days later and he went, uh, two for four. Uh, so, you know, the Mariners, they need this to play this guy in the zero for seven. If you throw that out of the equation, um, you know, he would be, he would have 14 hits in his last, uh, 45 at bats. Um, six of them doubles, So uh, with, three, st- with uh, three stolen bases, by the way. So, yeah, this guy needs to play. Um, and so with D-back and J.P. Crawford, those guys should play, um, which means Shed needs to find a way to get some at-bats at third base, at second base, and left field. Um, and if the Mariners aren't willing to do that, they do. they just need to send him down so he can stay on his rhythm at the plate. Um, which would suck. Uh, the other option, I guess, would be a Tim Beckham trade. Um, you know, that's definitely a possibility. I talked about Beckham and his trade value in an article yesterday. Um, I, uh, I pegged the Cleveland Indians as a really good fit, um, mainly because the Cleveland Indians, this is, this is one of my favorite stats in baseball. The Cleveland Indians combined WRC plus by all their second basemen against left handed hitters. Is one, <laughs> one league average is one hundred. They have one WRC plus. So yeah, uh, they could probably use a second base platoon option at the very least. Um, and Beckham could give them that. So uh, I wouldn't rule out a trade either. But barring a trade, Beckham is the guy. Or uh, sorry, um, barring a trade, Shedlong is the guy they have to send down. Um, if nothing for nothing else unless you're going to find a way to get him 4 or 5 games a week uh bringing him up here and sitting him for three consecutive days isn't going to do him any good uh yeah. at all so anyways um so uh since last time we talked uh the mariners um, well they draft let's see we stopped talking what 7th round last time around somewhere uh, in there you yeah. yeah so the mariners made 33 additional draft picks um in that time we're not going to go over all of them that would be insane um but now that we have the whole picture here uh ty what are your kind of your feelings about the draft uh how did the mariners do this year
0: yeah i uh you know i think they did fairly well and and uh you know I, i wish that they would have gone um a little more aggressive in the in the prep market early on in the draft, but still, uh, I think they did. I did they. I think they did very well in, in supplementing their their pitching depth and the, and their system and really stocking up on a ton of of college arms and uh, and really you know getting aggressive there uh, a few times with some of the prep arms and they've been able to sign them. Um, so, uh, I think I think it was a it was a decent draft. If I had to give them like a grade, I would give them like a C, maybe a B minus. Uh, but uh, I think a, uh, I think they did all right.
1: Right. Um, like I said, somebody asked about a draft grade um, when we asked for questions. Um, oh,
0: really? Okay.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dino, he asked, uh, how would you grade the Mariners draft overall?" He has a second part of the question, which we will get to during the Q&A, um, but it does tie in nicely with the draft. Um, I would say, you know, a grade right now is incomplete uh, simply mm-hmm. because we don't know who's signing. Uh, we have a rough idea of who's going to sign. Um, but, you know, if I sit here and tell you, oh, it's a B, and then we find out George Kirby's decided to follow his dreams to become a lawyer, and he's just decided not to play baseball, <laughs> so, well, then that becomes an F, you know what I mean? So it's. Uh, didn't right he sign of, already? Uh it's been reported, but it's not official, I don't oh think. God.
0: Um oh but
1: you, you get the idea. Um, yeah. but yeah, there, there are certainly some interesting players they drafted. Um if you guys might remember from last time I loved the Isaiah Campbell pick. Uh I really think that's a high upside or a, a pretty good upside play there. Uh also a pretty high floor. So I really like that pick in the third round. Um you know, it sounds like they're gonna sign uh Lehman the, yep. the prep arm who uh, had Tommy John surgery on draft day, apparently. Um, so you won't see him for a while, but there is some legitimate upside there. He was committed to Coastal Carolina, I believe is where he was going to go to school. Uh, so they signed him up. Um, he's, got, he's got significant upside there. He's a high school arm. Uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, you're going to have to wait a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's got legit number three type of makeup there. So we'll see how that works out for him. Um, but you know it's signing like like that the high school guys that you're not sure about that can uh, take this draft from like a c plus to like a b minus or a b I think that's where I am Um, uh, like you mentioned i would I would have liked to see them get aggressive in the second round um, and go after a prep guy um, they ended up taking uh, brandon williamson who eh, i'm not the biggest fan of uh there's upside there i don't I don't love the pick um but if they had taken Campbell in the second and Williamson in the third, I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. So um, mm-hmm. I'm not complaining too much about the top of the draft there. Um, I think my favorite pick in the entire draft, though, was probably the 11th round, um, the first their first pick on day three when they could snag Carter Benz, who is a uh, a catcher from Fresno State. Uh, that guy's that guy's got like a 95 percent chance of being a big leaguer. Um, as yeah. crazy as that sounds, um, is there any other day three picks that you liked?
0: Uh, they drafted a lot of great names uh, yeah. <laughs> on day three. Uh, you know, you think about someone like Trent Tinglestad, uh, <laughs> Utah Jones. Uh, yeah, Utah Jones. Uh, God, yeah. I, uh, here, let me bring up this list real quick of names that they that uh, they drafted because. You know, you think even like, you know, the day two, Levi Stout, great name. Yep. Uh, God, yeah, they, 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 <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know how, how they'll turn out from a, from a talent standpoint, but from a name standpoint, they're all 80 grade. Antoine yeah. Mystico is another great name. Oh, yeah. That's oh, an yeah, interesting Pat- guy too, by the way. Yeah. Patrick Frick. That's a great name. Uh, Dutch Landis. Also, I love Dutch Landis. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cade Marlowe's great name. Uh, Kip Rawlings, that's a fantastic baseball name.
1: It really is. Uh, Kip yeah. is a is a
0: great like baseball name.
1: Kip only works in baseball. Yeah. Like, could you imagine a quarterback named Kip? Whatever, Kip Herbert or whatever. Like, really? <laughs> like, no. I'm sorry, you can't lead. That's like drafting a quarterback named Andy Dalton and expecting him to lead grown men. Um, <laughs> Just it's not going to work for you, Uh, but yeah. yeah. Um, By the way, I think I saw that Dutch Landis was going to sign, which is a pretty big get for the Mariners. Um, It's really
0: interesting (laughs) from day three, Uh, so that that's that's fun. Yeah, Uh, typically when you see when you see a team go uh, prep player like in between eleven through twenty, there's a pretty good chance that they feel fairly good about you know signing them. So. Uh, Every because, that. <laughs> yeah, because like the yeah, cause the craziness starts to ensue like around pick twenty because that's around the time where you see guys just drafting their like one of their scouts' kids, right? You know, or, or like you know, you take Trey Griffey in round twenty four, you know, right, so, right. yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, uh, so yeah, I you know, I think they did a really good job though uh, for for. Clearly, they had a plan and they they acted that plan out. And um, you know, who knows if they they had some um, ideas that they that they were trying to uh, to go for there in round three, um, and they just didn't really pan out. Because I thought the Levi Stout pick was a little strange. Um
1: yeah.
0: because he's just not really all that enticing. Uh, he was one of the higher ranked players on, you know, on the Consensus boards around that that area in the draft. But still, it just—I don't know—it it, it felt like they probably could have been a lot more aggressive there, and that just didn't work out because a lot of the prep players, they, you know, they went in the first ten or so picks right. of uh, of the third round, you know. So, you know, someone like uh, Matt Allen would have been really interesting, but he went to oh, the Mets. Boy. You know? yeah, that,
1: that that's an A plus pick, by the way.
0: Um, yeah. But uh, are they able to sign him? Did they sign him?
1: They're really trying. They, I think their rounds five through 10 were all college seniors. <coughs> um, yeah. And yeah, that would, and I think they even saved some money with their first round pick Brett Beatty. Um, that would be a home run for the Mets. And uh, it would be the first home run that uh, their GM there has hit uh, pretty much all year. Uh, mm. Thanks for Jared Kelnick, by the way, much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. I seem to, I seem to like that. Um, I, I do wonder though if the Mariners or maybe kind of what we're seeing here is do the Mar do the Mariners like like because we talk about all the time. Hey, draft that prep kid in the second round. Give them over slot and give them to come. They seem to draft a lot of their prep kids in the in that ten through twenty range, right? um, And they still sign a good number of them, which makes me wonder. Maybe that's the area where they're kind of. Um, they're kind of targeting, um, right. you know, floor early upside late. Um, a guy like Anthony Tomzak, I believe is going to sign, um, you know, he's a high school kid. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, Dutch Landis. I think it's, I think I read that he's going to sign, um, they just, they took a lot, a for them. They took a lot of uh of prep arms or prep players in that uh in that late round uh right through there. So um it'll be interesting to see like maybe that because you guys remember last year in the eleventh round they took Damon Cassetta Stubbs and they paid him way over slot. And now mm-hmm. Cassetta Stubbs is in uh what West Virginia already? Yeah. This, yeah. So um had a really
0: good start the other night too.
1: Yeah, he did. Um you know they took uh they took Limoncelli in the sixth and they took a they took a, a lefty named Adam Mako uh from Canada in the seventh. Uh, so they did they did spend some of their higher picks on high school guys, um, but uh, you know their last uh their last three picks in the first ten rounds rounds eight nine and ten were all college seniors. Um, so they saved there. So I think that money that they saved, I think that's going to. Tom Zach and Landis and um, uh, what's his name? <sighs> no, I'm blanking. Um, but yeah, I think they pretty much drafted. I mean, I don't see anybody here who's absolutely not going to sign. Um, with except maybe yeah, Jacob Medor, Metter, Metter. Yeah, think. yeah.
0: He already said he's going to TCU. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and that's what you would expect from a thirty-first round draft pick. Um, you know the reason that teams do that. By the way, if you're curious why they would draft a guy late that they know isn't going to sign with them, just about forging a relationship. Um, you know, maybe you're not going to sign with us this year, but in three years, you know, if you're comfortable with us and we're comfortable with you at that point, then we have this little pre-existing relationship here that we can build off of. Um, and that that guy that guy's uh that they drafted, he's a legit prospect. Um in three years time, he could be a you know a top five round uh five round a top five round pick. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um so Ty, I guess let me just ask you this. Any round, round one through forty, what was your favorite pick in this draft?
0: Um I really like Austin Shutton. Uh, yeah, big fan of that pick. Uh Playing up an effort
1: this year, guys. You can
0: go watch them. Yeah. Um, So, that's pretty neat. Um, Really love the Isaiah Campbell pick. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, really like the George Kirby pick because I was, you know, um, pretty high on
1: him. And because it wasn't Anthony Volpe.
0: And because it wasn't Anthony Volpe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, and then just, uh, you know, any, any of the great names that we're just adding to the farm system, you know, guys, (laughs) you know, guys like Utah, yeah, guys like Utah Jones, man, I hope that guy just kills it. I want Utah Jones. Yeah, I want Antoine Mystico on the Mariners in like five years, you know, Uh, those are great names. Did Uh, we
1: mention Patrick Prick?
0: Yeah, I mentioned Patrick Frick when I was, yeah, yeah, Patrick (laughs) Frick is... I might have to buy that jersey if he actually makes it <laughs> to the big leagues one day. That's a that's a fantastic name.
1: By the way, sneaky good name, Cade Marlowe.
0: Yeah, Cade Marlowe,
1: right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Utah Jones is probably my favorite name. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I really like the uh, the Carter
0: Benz pick. Utah uh, Jones is like uh, it's like someone saw Indiana Jones Jones's name, and yeah. then it's that meme the, the like the copy your homework meme. Just don't make yeah. it too obvious, you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I like I'm am a big fan of Carter Benz. He uh, got thirty six overall. Um, I you know would have had him fringe top one hundred guy. Um, hmm. he's go- I say he's going to be a big leaguer because defensively he's a catcher uh, from Fresno State. Defensively, he's already above average by major league standards, um, hmm. which gives him a really high floor of a backup catcher. Um, the bat's going to be the question there. He does have power, but the swing gets a little bit long, so it can lead to swing and miss. Uh, if he can be a you know, slightly below league average bat, he could be a starting catcher for you. Um, and, in fact, we're, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll release our uh, updated uh, prospect ranks here um, relatively soon. Um, but uh, I, I put Carter Benz ahead of uh, Cal Raleigh. Um, so he is the number one catcher in the organization uh, prospect-wise for me um, before he's played a game. Uh, they also did – they've already signed him. He is headed up to uh, Everett. So you can watch him with Austin Shenton and uh, probably Levi Stout. And uh maybe even, you know, George Kirby and Brandon Williamson. So
0: uh I have yeah. a actually another pick that I really liked is uh Ty Adcock. Uh yeah. great, na- great name great <laughs> name. Uh, another great name. Especially that first name. I'm I'm a big fan of that first name. But uh I mean the, the guy's been pitching really for just two years and mm-hmm. he's already up to ninety seven on the fastball. Um uh, you you gotta like that.
1: The old eighth round pick reliever the Mariners are so fond of. What well, was the last year? It was Gerber, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. By the way, uh, four good. Man, listen to this stretch of just names, right? Austin Shenton, solid name. Yep. Uh, Michael Limoncelli. Yep. Nice, nice. Adam Maco. Yep. Very Canadian. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he already has a built-in nickname too, so uh, that's Maco. Ty Adcock. Right. Yep. And then yep. Mike Salvatore. That's yep. a good stretch of names right there. Um yep. so I mean they're not they're no Antoine Mystico, but uh, pretty good.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Antoine Mystico is uh,
1: probably one of the best names on that list. It really is. It's it's so good, man. Um but anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed uh <laughs> enjoyed that. Uh next week we will talk about what numbers they decided to wear and why that will affect their future. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's a little bit of the draft. It, it's,
0: it's like when a defensive back takes like a number in the forties, and you're like, "Well, that guy's gonna suck." <laughs>
1: it's like, "Well, you just put your floor at Byron Maxwell. Congratulations." Um,
0: <laughs> he's yeah. he's like the lone exception.
1: He's like well, he wore forty one or something like that.
0: Yeah, um, every every other every other <laughs> defensive back with a number in the forties sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be in the twenties, man.
1: That's really yeah. where it... If you're, if you're safety, you can be in the 30s. But if you're yeah. a corner, you know, figure out something in the 20. Um,
0: yeah.
1: It's like if you're <laughs> a pitcher, man. Don't be a single digit. Like your are Snell, you can't pull it off. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, that, that's a little bit of the draft talk there. Um, so let's jump on. Let's, before we get to the questions, we do have one rumor that we need to talk about. Um, a rumor that we did not self-create, by the way. Uh, which is something we will be doing for the next month and a half with our trade a day series on SotoMojo.com. That's called a plug right there. Um, uh-huh. good this, one. Good the, one. <laughs> but, uh, this, this news did come out from Ryan Divish, um, immediately after the, uh, Mike Lee complete game against the Astros last week. Um, because that's I mean, a L sentence. I know, right? <laughs> 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 so, Mike Lee dominated the Houston Astros and, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um so yeah. Uh, anyways, the r- rumor came out that uh it was a little surprising that Leak took the ball that night because apparently the Mariners and the Arizona Diamondbacks were close to completing a trade. Um a trade to send Leak to Arizona. Um this has gotten, you know, since been disputed and reconfirmed and there's a lot of different Directions on this deal right now. Um, what we do know is it didn't happen, and it doesn't sound like anything is going to happen um, between these two teams. Uh, nothing is, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Ty? Nothing, nothing is uh, imminent. Uh, yeah. but Anyway, so just kind of an interesting rumor here. Uh, Mike leaked to the Diamondbacks, which, by the way, was today's trade a day article. Anyways, uh Mike leaked to the Diamondbacks almost but then not really. I guess, you know, more than anything, what do you think this means for the Mariners uh in June and July?
0: Yeah, I, you know, my initial thoughts when I when I saw the when I saw the rumor and, and people were sending it over to us and you know, because uh we we hadn't talked about it yet. And uh, when I saw it, I just my thought was uh, that's kind of weird for the Diamondbacks to even be interested in him, given where they are right now as an organization. Right. Um, you know, it's just uh, that that was kind of strange. Obviously, that would have wor- worked out really well for Leak, who lives there and everything. But um, I don't know. It's um, you know uh, clearly they're going to find a suitor for Leak at some point. There are plenty mm-hmm. of rotations right now that um that aren't very healthy you know for especially for these teams that are looking to contend you think about like someone like the Cardinals that have lost like three of their starters you know you think mm-hmm. about the Phillies who you know on the back end of their rotation there's a lot of uncertainty um you know Mike Leake for as uh up and down as he as he's been and he's been a lot more down than he's been up this year in particular uh he's been uh one of the most durable starting pitchers in
1: mm-hmm.
0: not just in the, in the MLB you know right now really historically like you don't typically see a pitcher like this be able to log 180 plus innings each year consistently for like 10 years straight which yeah. is what Mike Leake has been able to do uh so that's uh that's going to have some sort of value there will be teams that are interested in him as this run uh, as as the season goes deeper and deeper. I just don't know if something will happen this month. Um I think that was kind of strange that the the, the Diamondbacks would be so aggressive to to get him this early on in the season. Uh sure. but uh I think something I think something will 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 happen out of that. Uh whether it be somewhere like San Diego. But I really think you know I, I think Leak at this point, especially for how outspoken he's been about, you know, I'm going to get traded, you know, this is a rebuilding team, blah, 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 blah. I think he'll take a trade to most places that will give him an opportunity to win. I'm not really focused on just the West Coast or, you know, right. as close to Arizona as possible. Um, so, I don't know, but I think there's there there will be plenty of options uh, for the Mariners to go uh, in terms of traded Leak and uh, I think it'll happen sooner rather than later. Yeah.
1: Um, I think Arizona, just kind of looking at it from their perspective, um, Arizona's pitching staff right now is really beat up. Um, Zach ranky has been great. Uh, Robbie Ray has pretty much been Robbie Ray. I mean, great some nights, inconsistent most. Um, that's just kind of who he is. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, Luke Weaver had been great, but he's on the, he's on the IL right now. Um, with, I think, forearm tightness, so you know that's never a good sign. Um, and just kind of the rest of their rotation has just kind of been a hodgepodge of rookies and older vets and mediocre pitchers. And, you know, they, they're like 10 games out of the West, but they're only two or three games out of the wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm guessing their feeling is is we need a stabilizer in our rotation now or when we get more serious about trades a month from now, it's not going to matter. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not going to matter how we are in four weeks if we don't get a guy now who can help us. Because in four weeks, we'll probably be out of it. Um,
0: I think it's, that's their their uh, their thought process, at least. It's just so strange for a team that, you know, was unwilling to pay, you know, guys like A.J. Pollock and Patrick Corbin to uh, to take on more salary. But obviously the Mariners would be paying enough salary but you know then at that that point you're questioning well considering the position that the diamondbacks are in why would they want to trade some you know piece for him i don't know it's just it, it's kind of weird and obviously you know we wouldn't know right. what the what the you know obviously it's not like they would be giving up a significant piece even if the mariners ate all of leak's contract but still just when mm. you're when you're in that weird position that the diamondbacks are in just i don't know to to just trade anything for for a veteran that has money attached to i don't know it's just yeah i mean
1: fan gives them like an 18 percent chance to make the playoffs um which isn't nothing uh like i said it was interesting like i i, I agree it was interesting um i wouldn't have pegged arizona but it does make sense uh for leak, at least, I mean, he's he's yeah. you know an Arizona guy, um, and like I said, he gives the he would give whatever team acquires him in this case the Diamondbacks, um, he gives him in he gives them innings and durability and reliability. You know he's going to ball every fifth day. You know he's going to give you 180 innings at the end of the year. You know those 180 innings are going to be league average or slightly better. Um, and again, he's only making 11 million dollars this year, 11 next year. And then the five million dollar buyout. Well, the Mariners have already paid him about four or five million for this year, um, and if they eat another five ten million dollars, and Leak is essentially like a two year ten million dollar pitcher um, to whoever acquires him, and that that can certainly be a bargain, um, even for league average. Uh, I mean, think about the number of starting pitchers the Marin- We've seen the Mariners throw out there this year who. You would love for them to be league average. Felix Hernandez, Eric Swanson, Wade LeBlanc, like eh, you know what I mean? So uh like and yeah, he's not gonna fetch any, he's not gonna fetch the mariners a killer prospect or anything like that. Um, but he has been pitching great the last three or four times out. Um and so his value is slightly uh slightly increasing. And so you might get, you know, you might get a uh a single a pitcher who's starting right now probably ends up in the bullpen, but maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe he's a number four starter. Um, and if he's not, then maybe he's a seventh, eighth inning arm in two years. Um, mm-hmm. Or you could get a guy like Zach Godley, who is 29 years old, had a really good 2017. I think it was, was eh, last year. He's been bad this year and he's 29 years old and he's out of options. Um, so maybe that's, a way for the Mariners to add somebody with more upside like godly um but yeah overall i think it was it was cool it was interesting it was weird um and like i said we still don't know because you know I, divish said that it was basically done and then i think it was rosenthal said no actually it never got all that close um and then divish like confirmed with a source inside arizona arizona's front office and then divish went on the radio and he said you know that the deal was done until mariners ownership nixed it and he didn't know why um i I don't know if i buy that uh and i'm I'm not saying divish is making that up i'm sure somebody told divish that i just i don't know if i buy them that the mariners ownership group nixed it, it, it nixed this over money um Simply because what evidence do we have that this ownership group won't eat money? You know yeah. what I
0: mean? Yeah. So I mean they just they just ate 18 and a half million dollars on Jay Bruce, so
1: Right. Would, and yeah. Divich's his his theory there was that,
0: well, you know, they
1: took such a a lashing on social media for that that maybe they're a little gun shy. I don't buy that at all. Uh, I'm sorry I don't. So um, I just I don't know. I I don't know. Like I said I'm not. I, I I'm sure Divish heard it. Uh, uh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Devish heard it. Uh, I'm not saying he's just making that up. Um, but I also don't know that his source knows everything. Uh, that they're claiming to know. So we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, long story short. Uh, Mike Leak is, you know, a Seattle Mariner right now, and uh, he probably will be for at least another start or two. So uh, hopefully, he can continue this little hot streak that he's on. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: All right, let's go ahead. and Let's jump over to uh to the question, the uh, Q and A, our uh, mailbag, or call to the bullpen, whatever you want to call this segment. Let's uh let's do it. All right, um, let's go ahead and let's start with uh, at Jakester342 on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know what realistic expectations for Kyle Lewis as a big leaguer would be. So, uh, Ty, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Uh, right
0: now? Ooh. Um you just gotta hope that he stays healthy, man. Uh, right now, I, I I don't know how to peg him as an actual like, big leaguer. Uh, you just gotta hope he can stay healthy. Um, you know, right now, you he, you would hope that he would be a contributor. You know, a solid corner outfield guy that you know maybe hits in the two fifties, two forties range, gives you some power numbers uh, is decent defensively i don't know uh that's it's he's a really hard one to peg because it's just there's so many injury concerns and he really hasn't bounced back well from uh from the injuries you know his numbers aren't fantastic he is uh turning things around at double a right now but um, you know so far it's just uh, there isn't a whole lot to be impressed with 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 Kyle Lewis, and that's um i don't you know i i don't know i i really don't know what to expect i kind of right now i i see him as a fourth outfielder
1: right um he said you did mention he is uh he's really starting to hit uh which is a good sign uh he's fourteen for his last thirty eight um 368 average in his last 10 games uh with one homer, 10 RBIs, four walks, but uh, also with 10 strikeouts. Um yeah, like I said, fortunately he is he is uh, hitting right now. Uh probably need to see that for another month or more before we kind of um you know start to buy back in a little bit to Kyle Lewis. Uh you know strange as it sounds Kyle Lewis is only twenty three years old. Um, he turns 24 next month, but you know, age wise, he's still right about where he should be, um, in his minor league development. He's at double he, a with a strong, uh, a strong month or so he could find his way up to triple a, um, uh, by the end of the year. Um, you know, like I said, the strikeouts are a concern a bit. He's got 66 strikeouts this year. Um, he is walking a fair amount, 30 walks, um, at least the reports are that he looks healthy in the outfield, um, so it's just a matter of him staying staying healthy and uh, continuing to produce at a pretty good rate. Um, like I said, you need to see him for a month or so before you kind of start to buy into this as a trend. Uh, I will say that the Mariners um, the Mariners were excited about Kyle Lewis's progress before the hot streak started. Um, Jerry Dipoto mentioned that uh, Kyle Lewis had. Uh, I think it was the highest average exit velocity um, of all Mariners minor leaguers. He was just hitting the ball on the ground a lot, which, you know, that's not good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's that's not a good thing. You want the ball line driver higher um with that exit velocity. So they kind of think they, they're saying they saw this coming. Um and maybe they did. Um but yeah, I think right now, like the most comfortable I would Feel giving uh lewis in terms of like a uh a production comp um i'm gonna say that right now the best comp i could give you um maybe jorge soler Mm uh you know, just kind of a two forties, two fifties type of guy with, you know, 320, 330 on base and a four fifty slugging, uh, you know, twenty five, thirty home run power. Uh, he's probably gonna, he's pro- he's going to be a better defender than Solaire is um, yeah. in right field. But I think offensively, right now, I think Solaire is a pretty fair uh, comp um, based on what we see from Kyle Lewis right now. And again, that could change in a month. Uh, That could change in a year. Uh, But for right now, I guess I would say realistic expectations for Kyle Lewis, for me, Solarish, Jorge Solarish, maybe Hunter Renfro, that type of production.
0: Uh, So I I think that's where he's at right now. Uh, Yeah, like like I think his ceiling right now uh, would be like... Early career, Hunter Pence. Like, first couple years of Hunter Pence. Sure. Um, That's kind of where I see him in that, you know, 25 home run range, 260, 250 average. Um, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, decent on base, yeah. 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 So, um. But I think you know. Really, there's still uh, a lot for uh, Kyle to do, and and for there's still a lot of room for him to grow. And the further the further that he gets away from those injuries, the better that he'll get. You would assume. So, um, you know, jury's still out on him. Uh, would like to see him. You know. Uh, turn things, you know, continue to turn things around here, and maybe give himself a chance to play at the big league level in September. Yep. Uh, I think that's best case scenario for him, just to get him up here, up to Seattle for at least a few games uh, at the end of the year, and just see what he can do against major league pitching, and then give him an opportunity to make the club uh, out of spring training next year.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, the organization's not going to give up on Kyle Lewis. Uh, they really like his peripherals and they think that the latest hot streak is just kind of, it was just a matter of time. Um, like I said, I still think Lewis ultimately is going to be a big leaguer. Um, obviously he, it's really hard to see him ever reaching his ceiling that we predicted all those years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm not ready to give up on Kyle Lewis. Um, is he moving down, like, prospect rankings? Yeah. I mean, he's right now he's a fringy top ten guy for the Mariners, in my opinion, um, which probably says a lot more about, you know, talent acquisition than Kyle Lewis uh, struggles, I would say. But, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I think Solaire or uh, maybe somebody like Hunter Renpro is a pretty good comp for uh, Kyle Lewis right now. Um, with room to go, though.
0: So we'll see. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you this though right now, and uh and this is kind of hot takey, but I have Jake Fraley over Kyle Lewis in my prospect <laughs> records. I
1: have I have it pretty darn close. I think right now I have Lewis at nine and uh Fraley at ten. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I might I might end up being right there with you when all is said and done. Um yeah, thanks for the question there. Um next up we have a question from Quentin Miller. Uh <laughs> Yep. Great Twitter handle, at Q Bulls 3 bills um, All righty. Yeah, all righty there. Um, he wants to know if we see the Brewers as a potential landing spot for Edwin Encarnacion.
0: The Brewers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, Aguilar has been uh, abysmal. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, who else is playing for a space for them right now? Thames? Uh, Thames. Thames. Yeah, yeah sometimes. I mean, yeah, so yeah and i think you know with how much encarnacion has played defensively this year mm-hmm. uh especially in comparison to what he uh what he uh you know how much he played there in in cleveland you know he only played twenty something games uh a year um uh, defensively for the for the for the Indians and he eclipsed that like a month ago um
1: yeah
0: so you know, he's looked solid defensively. You know, he hasn't been, you know, he's not winning any gold gloves out there, but he's also not killing you either. And he's made a few, you know, pretty spectacular plays Right. Uh, There's so, that against Minnesota, right? Where he yeah, has the, three really good plays in a row. Yeah. That, yeah. The diving catch and the infield and all that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I said this a few weeks ago, I think on one of the solo podcasts that I did and. Um, I think you know him playing um at first base you know consistently and and being all right there uh mm-hmm. has really opened his market um to the national league because we you know when the Mariners acquired him, we thought it was going to be the Astros or the Rays or the Yankees or the twins or someone like that and uh and now that that opens up to, you know, team like the Rockies or um, mm-hmm. or the Brewers or even a team that already has a first baseman. And, you know, if the Mariners are going to eat a lot of money, you can just take them on as a luxury and put them on their bench, you know, and right. just find ways to, to get them involved later on in games or to get them, a, you know, a couple starts here and there and, and really just have this strong power bet uh, that kind of serves as a secret weapon heading into a playoff run. Um so there's a lot of options there for for what teams could see value uh in in, in and and okay. uh I think the market will be fairly large for him but yeah, I think the brewers are a are a real um option for him and I think the Rockies are a really good option for him too. Those two teams yeah. are like the two that i'm I'm looking at right now.
1: Yeah, um, I would still say the Astros are a better landing spot. Um, I know that they just called up the uh, Alvarez guy, um, and he's homered in his first two games. But both DH and first base been pretty much a disaster for the Astros this year. Um, but yeah, the Brewers absolutely make sense, um, and they have a pretty good farm system as well. Uh, like Len, like you said, you know the fact that the National League is now opened up to him because of his. A uh, pretty good play at first base. Uh, that certainly does help the Mariners. Like I said, I don't expect anything major in return for Encarnacion. Um, but I don't think, I I don't you think you're going to get impact, but I think it's entirely possible you get, you know, a future major league contributor type of prospect for Encarnacion, maybe two. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, especially makes sense for the Brewers because they're kind of in their window right now. Um, The Brewers are not a big market team. They're not going to spend a ton of money every off season. Uh, And this is their, this is probably their best window right now while they have Kane and Yellick, um, you know, under such team friendly deals. So uh, probably should strike now and first base is their biggest weakness. Uh, They shouldn't just wait for Aguilar to heat up at this point. If, the Mariners are willing to trade in and they are, and the money works out right, then yeah, the brewers should absolutely be interested. Um, do, you think,
0: interested that, in do you think that they could get someone like Jacob Nottingham for him? Uh, yeah, possibly. I think so. Um,
1: you know, maybe they get Ben Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that's totally possible. Sure. I, I don't see any issue with that. Um, you know i think i think that uh nottingham's fair i think that's fine i i bet i think they might even be able to do a little bit better so uh mm. we'll we'll see like i said i think i i don't think you're going to get anybody who's going to slide into your top 10 you know um right. but that's because the mariners have a pretty good top 10 um a year ago, the guy you got for Edwin Encarnacion was probably going to slide inside your top ten. This year, probably not. So, um, I you know, Jacob Nottingham and like Bobby Wall or somebody like that, a reliever. Um, you know, I, I think that's I think those are legit possibilities. So uh, yeah, I, I I think the I think the Brewers make a lot of sense. Um, so thanks for the uh, the question there, Quentin. At Malcontent forty seven, awesome name. Uh, Sends us a lot of questions. He's got one this time. He says, "Do you think Narvaez and or Murphy get traded this summer, um, and what would a return for one or the other look like?" Uh, so, Ty, what do, you, what do you think? Do either of them or get do either of them get traded this summer?
0: Uh, I'm. I think Tom Murphy will be traded. Um, you know, I, I again, I, you know, I've been. Now, as we start our trade day um, series, you know I've been looking at some fits, and I think that you know Murphy really works well for uh plenty of teams uh, You think about the Indians, you think about the Cardinals, you think about the Rockies who <laughs> let him go earlier this year um you know Murphy is a pretty solid defender, and he's been fantastic offensively uh obviously a small sample size but he's been playing a lot more lately and he's been killing it mm-hmm. uh, I think he already has what two or three home runs on this road trip uh, he's uh yeah so he um i think he could get you something pretty decent there uh too and because he's controllable i think they still have i think he's under three years of control am i uh am
1: i right on that
0: two or three okay. years of control
1: I, think I actually think it's like five. Oh, really? Because I know he came up in parts of seasons. I don't know if he had enough to qualify.
0: I'll mm-hmm. look it up. But uh, sure. Yeah, so, no. yeah, so uh, I think of the two, that's the one that's. I, I think he's the most likely to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Narvaez, Narvaez is going to cost the team a lot, I think. I think the asking price from the Mariners' side of things will be too high for, for most teams' likings. Uh, liking uh, right now, and um, you know they probably see Narvaez as someone that they would be okay with keeping into the future. Uh, obviously, you know he's not the uh, dif- defensive Dynamo, but he offensively he's a top four offensive catcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So. Um, and we yeah. have seen we have
1: seen improvements from him uh, defensively as <laughs> well. Wow. Uh, last year, he was the worst pitchframer in baseball. This year, he's, you know, about middle of the pack, and that's with just, what, three, four months working with the Mariners. Um, so he's not a lost cost defensively either. Um, by the way, Murphy ha- is not a free agent until after the 2023 season.
0: So uh, so there you go. So you have a guy that's, that's producing right now, obviously at a, at a relatively small sample uh, rate, but still um, – you know, you just don't have a lot of backup catching options out there right now that are hitting like Tom Murphy and also playing pretty solid defense, yep. uh, especially at that age. And with that amount of club control, that's going to be uh, really enticing to to quite a few teams, I think. And I, I, I think he's a realistic option to be traded and to actually get the Mariners something pretty decent. Um, but, you know, with all that control as well, they don't have to trade him. Uh, so, uh, they have plenty of options here, uh, and they can be greedy on the market market and ask, uh, for what they want and, um, and command the cost that way. And if they, if if a team wants to step up and, 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 fulfill what they ask for, then you pull the trigger. And if not, oh, well, you have two young controllable catchers here that are both producing and are improving uh and uh you really do you you're in the driver's seat here
1: yeah um to answer your question um i don't i think both i think both are talked about this summer i think both are um asked about by other teams i don't think either one of them gets traded um, simply because, like you mentioned, they're controllable. You know, Narvaez is going to be have three years of club control after this year. Uh, Murphy's going to have four. They still fit right right in your window. So, uh, you know, they're both. You know, Narvaez is twenty six, Murphy's twenty eight, uh, and the two of them in tandem is one of the best catching situations in baseball. Um, so they're young, they're cheap, they're controllable, and I I don't know if any team is going to step up and give them what they want because narvaez yeah he can hit but teams in the playoffs are going to worry about him defensively um that's going to limit his value some and i wonder still if some teams don't look at him and say "Mm, we'd be interested in him as our backup and the mariners are going to say backup he's one of the five best catchers in baseball right now um and so i think that's where the uh the dispute's going to come in terms of value um But, uh, yeah, I I do think that there's a good chance um, that they're talked about and uh, maybe even some talks progress. Um, But if I had to bet, I would say neither one is traded uh, this summer. Um, But uh, I I do like the question, and it is uh, certainly, uh, you know, Narvaez is on our board of uh, potential uh, trade assets for the Mariners. So we'll see how that works out. Um, Now let's jump over to the second part of Dino's question. Um, he asked for a grade for the Mariners draft overall. We answered that earlier. And he also wants to know who's the first guy from this draft class who could be a big leaguer. And uh, he's thinking more in the next uh, two years or less.
0: Yeah. I think um, Ty Adcock is, has a really good chance. Uh, Like I said, really has only been pitching for the last couple of years, Um, Mm -hmm. but is already up to 97 on the fastball. Um, You know, currently developing a secondary and uh, tertiary pitch. And, and uh, you know, with these relievers, uh, college relievers, they, uh, they tend to climb the, uh, climb the ranks pretty fast. And uh, you could see yep. Ty Adcock as soon as sometime next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's Adcock. Um, like you said, th- there seems to be a pretty general consensus that Adcock is going to be a guy who's going to hit 100 miles an hour um, you know, as they continue to refine his, uh, his, his mechanics and all that stuff the, the way they want. Um, and those guys move really fast. Uh, at least he's got pretty good command as it is control as it is. Um, and you know, they're not going to try and make him a starter. Uh, he's a reliever. He'll start. He might start in honestly, he might start in, um, West Virginia. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure that he's 100% going to Everett, um, he might jump him to West Virginia right away, uh, and I don't think he'd be overmatched there. I think he'd actually thrive in that, uh, in that offensive atmosphere. Like you said, 97 with the fastball. The, the uh, breaking stuff is, is still a work in progress, but it's already flashed, you know, plus at times. Uh, so, yeah, I think Adcock's the guy who's going to be the first to the big leagues. Um, you know, and as for if you're talking about a non-reliever, um, I would, I would, I would probably take Kirby, um, you know, as lame as that is, but he's a pretty polished starter already. We've seen Logan
0: Gilbert, um, could also be Levi Stout yep, or Isaiah yep. Campbell. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's going to be a college, uh, pitcher. I would think I don't, I don't see Shenton or, um, well, pretty mm. much just Shenton. I maybe, I
0: maybe, maybe Carter Benz.
1: Maybe, um, I think, I, but again, with Murphy and Narvaez, they have absolutely no reason to rush him. I think they're really going to give him a chance for that bat to develop. So yeah. uh, I, I would say Adcock, too. Um, let's jump over to uh, CRT sports, underscore sports cards on Twitter. It um, says, Take an honest, taking an honest look at the team and what deals could happen in the next six weeks, how many Mariners will be on the field for game 162, who also started in Tokyo for the opening series? Um, well, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, because, you know, technically Braden Bishop was on the opening roster, but eh, was he really? And we already know Ichiro was on the was on the opening day roster and is not going to be there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I think big picture here, what he's really asking is how much
0: turnover should we expect this summer? Yeah. Um, legitimately, I could see like four or five of the current major leaguers leaving. Which yeah. probably doesn't sound like a whole lot, but I mean, that could potentially be four or five separate trades. right? Because yeah, you think about Edwin and Mike Leek and uh uh Rowanus Elias and uh you know maybe you trade one of Tom Murphy or or Armored or maybe you find a deal for Ryan Healy or you find uh or you or someone gives you the package that you want for Mitch Haniger which is extremely unlikely uh, at this point but still um you know Tim Beckham uh, is another guy so uh, you know, D Gordon, uh, another mm-hmm. one. So I think legitimately you could see anywhere from four to six of the current major leaguers traded. And obviously that doesn't account for, you know, potential add-ons of someone like Corey Guerin or Brandon Brennan, you know, some guy that might get added to a deal. Right. Um, yeah, I, uh I don't know. That's, that's such a, Hard question to really pin down, but I think just to simplify it um, to you know how many guys could get traded, uh, uh, I'd say four to seven. With the likelihood that you're at least going to be able to offload three of them.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean you've already offloaded Jay Bruce.
1: Um, he's no longer on David Freitas. You uh, those are two guys that were on your opening day roster that are already gone. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, Encarnacion, Beckham, League, pretty good chances that they get traded. I think, um, you know, Narvaez is a possibility as well. Uh, anybody in the bullpen has attack on, maybe. Um, so it's going to be a lot, man. I, um, game 162, I the starting nine, I feel pretty good that Narvaez and Hanniger are going to be in the lineup. And then, uh, maybe Santana, but, uh, I would, I would suspect Siegel third baseman. He wasn't in the opening day lineup, uh, Crawford and long up the middle, Vogel back in first, um, only Vogel back was on the opening day roster at that point. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be different, man. Um, like I said, I, I think, you know, if I just set the over under for trades, I would set it at three and a half and probably take the over. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's a good question. It's just really complicated to break down in just a couple minutes. Um, and finally, we have a question from at Max Mariners. Um, he wants to know uh, which Mariners prospect will climb in our top 30 and which one will fall the most. Um, I
0: think that one's pretty easy, actually.
1: Oh, yeah? Who, the, who's
0: the cl- LJ Newsome. Yep. And then um, who's... Taking the biggest fall, and you and I already talked about this in our private conversations. Eric Swanson.
1: Yep, I would agree. Um, I think yeah, uh, Swanson. He's definitely a reliever now, and uh, or you know, I, I, for me, I'm not interested in seeing him as a starter much anymore. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure he'll get another shot at it. Uh, and really, I just, I deflate anybody who has a uh, who anybody who I think will be a reliever. They did not fare well at all in my top 30, and that's a good thing. And That means that there's actually big leaguers or potential big leaguers, um, whereas a year ago I think I had like nine relievers in my top 30 or whatever it was. So um, yeah, so he goes way down, and LJ Newsome, uh, with the production he's putting up right now in Modesto, um, as well as his increase in velocity and command, just a completely different pitcher right now than we knew he was three months ago and uh yeah newsom's did newsom even make our top
0: 30 nope he did not
1: yeah and i think i have him inside the top 20 right now so he will definitely be the highest riser um well i
0: i had him in mine but then, yeah, you know we we had a point system and so he was towards the bottom of mine so he ended up getting honorable kicked mention? out uh i don't think we had an honorable mention section in ours. Nah,
1: we did um I don't know if he was in it, but, uh, yeah, L.J. Newsom is going to be the highest climber. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm based on what we've uh, – we haven't compared our list yet or anything, but I'm going to assume that Eric Swanson will be the, uh, the quickest faller. Um, like I said, things, things can change a little bit here. Um, we're still waiting on some of the signings um, and also uh, graduations. You know, Shed Long going to graduate from that list before too long here. Um, you know I thought maybe Brayton Bishop would but apparently not uh, same with Jessica. Uh, so there yep. are going to be some graduations there's going to be somebody who completely drops off the top 30 list and all that stuff but yeah I'm right there with you it's LJ Newsome as the uh, the climber and the follower is Eric Swanson so um, yeah I think that's all the questions we have so uh, let's go ahead and let's wrap this puppy up uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh, to the Soto Mojo podcast uh, make sure you visit the website at Soto, or, <laughs> make sure you visit the website sotomojo.com for all of our trade- a day series type of stuff. That is starting um, or that is already started and will continue until July 31st. Um, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. If you guys ever have questions, uh, comments, concerns, or whatever, be civil, which I know is tough. But be civil and send us those questions uh, at SotomojoFS on Twitter. It's the best way to get a hold of us, so be sure you follow us there. Uh, we tweet out all of our articles and all the links and all the rumors that we can possibly find there. And, uh, you know, we just generally like to uh, to shoot the breeze and all that stuff there, too. So uh, follow us on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. Uh, Ty, you have anything to say before we uh, sign off?
0: Uh, you're not going to care about this, but Banjo-Kazooie is in Smash, and I'm so happy. I could literally not be happier. I almost cried yesterday. It's insane. So, yeah. Freddie. For any of you out there listening to this that felt that way too, we did it. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways,
1: <laughs> I have nothing to add. All right. Thank you guys so much for, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you know, go Mariners. Hopefully they can uh, pull out a game here against Minnesota. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see another trade or two uh, before too long. Uh, this is a fun time of year for us. So, uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Banjo Kazooie is overrated, and uh, I've <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't really play video games, but uh, I know a lot of people were excited, so I'm excited for you guys. Um, but anyways, uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.